0: on Stories of the Supernatural I hope you enjoy the show and I think you are all everybody this is marlene with miami ghost chronicles stories of the supernatural and how are you all doing today i don't know about you but i'm i'm doing great and i'm doing great especially because of the guest i'm going to have uh this is a lady uh which <laughs> we could do a show just on what we talk about before we start recording her name is paige valdasari and um paige is an internationally recognized traumatic stress and integrative healing consultant Uh, She's a highly regarded speaker, author, consultant, healer, coach, and trainer, and her international work at the corporate level has empowered thousands of individuals on the front lines of stress to go from a place of personal fracturing back to wholeness, whether it's recovering from war zones, natural disasters, sexual violence, medical-slash-chronic illnesses, intense professional corporate settings... Uh, life-changing personal events and or ongoing spiritual growth. Clients and organizations have described her as a teacher, a guide, a healer, a spiritual intuitive, and a reflection of themselves. Uh, She's a board-certified expert in traumatic stress. She's also a licensed professional counselor and energy medicine healer, biodynamic cranial sacral trauma therapist, body therapist, master Reiki teacher, biofeedback practitioner, shamanic healer, Spiritual Intuitive Kundalini Yoga Instructor, Subconscious Restructive Coach, Clairvoyant Empath and Body Intuitive. And right now, uh, right before I bring her on, as a matter of fact, we were talking here in Florida. uh, We recently had this school shooting where 17 people lost their lives, 14 of them high school students. And we're gonna talk about that type of trauma as well, but how it expresses itself in the organic body, among other things. But anyway, Paige, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Marlene. I'm excited to be here. No. Um, thank you for having me. And yes, you and I could talk forever about yes. so many different topics. Yes, for sure. I know.
0: It's um, yeah. It's like I was I was looking at your book. I was looking at it, I could do a week worth of show with Paige because there's so much out there. And we spoke briefly because. Um, A lot of this has nothing to do. I love Western medicine and uh, especially when it comes to uh, trauma to the body, you know, as far as helping or saving somebody's life. But and we talked about it, there's more to a human being. There's also a mind body connection as far as what happens to us that sometimes even let's say if you suffer a trauma, let's say a car accident, whatever. And you go into the hospital and you get medical attention and they save your life. But then there's other things that go on with us, whether it's our mind or our spirit, that sometimes is traumatized as well, but Western medicine sometimes doesn't address that, does it? No,
1: no, it doesn't. That's why I'm a firm believer of integration of Eastern and Western medicine together. It doesn't have to be this or that, black or white. Mm -hmm. We have so many options. It's all about integration.
0: Right, because... and sometimes you're absolutely right because some people think it's either one or the other. You, you, you either include one and exclude the other. Right. Uh, you know, you'll have some people which is like strictly medicine, like medical. Um, you know, if I give you either the treatment or the pill or the surgery and that's that and you heal. And then other people are, don't want to use medicine, which I think is a mistake as well because a lot of advances have been made um, to help people in their body to heal. That without those medicines you would have died a few years ago for example. Right, right. So and what happened because I know that you've worked a lot of times with people that have suffered trauma of some type or other Mm -hmm. and what happens when they come to you? What do they describe as far as what what they need help with?
1: Well you know I think we first need to say what is trauma because like you and I talked about is that people think trauma are the big things that happen in life. The school mm-hmm. shootings, the terrorist attacks, the the murders, the car accidents. But what I'm here to say is trauma is how we personalize it. So I want to just give, give an example. Back at the Pentagon um, during 9-11, a good friend of mine who was an FBI agent had been going through the Pentagon, you know, picking up the body parts, doing what he needed to do, wow. and and that didn't bother him as much. What was the straw that broke his back was that he picked up a finger and it was a ring finger and it had wedding rings on it and he started to decompensate because it wasn't so much about yes 9-11 was horrible but for him that finger that he picked up was a female ring finger with wedding rings on it and he was going through a separation impending divorce so for him it triggered everything about the the potential loss of a relationship that he was having and it also triggered his past cumulative traumas that he never dealt with so it's all how we personalize what's happening because we don't know what somebody brings to the present day we don't know all of the things that they bring in their bag since they came into this lifetime so does that make sense as far as oh absolutely you know, our listeners hear that right and, um, and
0: like sometimes that like you say that one incident or witnessing is the tipping point yeah that just that's just they it overcomes them like you said they've had this and this and they kind of like handle it kind of uh and then they have that one incident like you said where he found that finger and it's everything just it accumulates and it becomes it overwhelms and I know that in some cases, you know, and, and and this is the thing, a lot of people, stuff like this is not a one size fit all. I think some people handle events differently. Some people can go, let's say, through what you just described, which is horrific, where you're going through body parts. And for lack of a better word, they can handle it. If that's, you know, well, in other words, that they can do it. And then there's other people that absolutely cannot. Not everybody so I imagine that for you, you're gonna have people that have been traumatized by certain things whereas another person that wouldn't have phased them because we're all individuals, even when it comes to how we react to trauma.
1: Yeah, you know, I always say that, that trauma and what happens to us and how we respond is all in the eyes of the beholder. So, you know, it all depends on you know, what's gone on in our life, our resiliency level. Um, if we're having any medical issues, and you know, you asked me how do people show up. Well, I see people in every kind of population, every type of career, every type of socioeconomic background, and I've traveled internationally, and I continually see the same theme, that the body holds the story. So, so many times people show up with medical conditions, or injuries, or physical, or chronic pain, or chronic whatever it might be, and yes. What happens is they might focus on the medical, but underneath all that is the story or stories that have gone on in their lifetime that they either didn't face, couldn't face, there wasn't any help to face it, they didn't know that that small event really lodged somewhere. So let me just tell your listeners that trauma lodges in the autonomic nervous system, Mm -hmm. the endocrine system, all your fluids your organs, and your muscular skeletal system. So you can go to see a therapist and you can talk about it and do certain things in the brain, but you have to get into the body because it's all connected. And then like you yes. said before, there's a spiritual component or if you have a faith base, all of that plays a whole mm-hmm. other picture in you know getting better health, recovery, or being angry because wait a minute, I believed this and now this has happened and it right. shakes people's you know foundation in every way.
0: And Paige, do you have, because I know sometimes uh, it takes people a while, especially if things have happened to them as children, Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, Mm -hmm. they were of an age where either they couldn't defend themselves or leave the situation that was, and now that they're adults and they kind of grow up and they come to the realization that what happened to them was wrong, that in other words, are ready to face it. I imagine people do come to you, I imagine, years after things happen to them, right?
1: Well, yeah, and you know, When we're kids, we do the best we can to cope in situations that we don't have a lot of control in. So we develop really good coping strategies for a child that might be healthy or very unhealthy. And then we become an adult and we don't assess, hey, did those coping styles that I used growing up do they still work for me as an adult? I know, mean, no one teaches us that what we use as a child a lot of times <laughs> doesn't work as well right, right. as an adult. So they usually don't. We There might be a few things that do. But I also want to tell your listeners that, you know, for me what I've seen, I I, I don't ever point blame because we are spiritual beings living in this human form. Mm-hmm. So when you come into this lifetime, we are experiencing so many different things and you know I have seen in my own life and doing this work is that there are always gifts and messages in the most horrific challenging difficult times where we just can't escape the pain and it's how do you unpack the bag to find out what is the message in something that's so horrific and people will say how can there be any kind of message in something horrific you won't see it right away and mm-hmm. if that's the challenging part of being human is to kind of go, oh my gosh, how, how do I take what happened to me and figure out the whys behind it? What am I supposed to learn? Like we talked about the school shooting, how could there ever be anything good or a message that comes out of a parent losing a child? Right, you know, exactly. That's a journey for each person. Um, it, it's just. It's really challenging living in this lifetime and in the world where we are today because so many things are so violent and intense um,
0: and difficult. Yes, and, and, and I think, um, and, and I imagine what you said also, that some people, when things like this, if, especially if they think of themselves as being a good person or a good family, and when something, let's say, like that happens, either to their child, which I think has got to be one of the most difficult things for a parent, or to themselves, mm-hmm. and they kind of feel like, why did this happen to me? You know, Sometimes we'll get into that thing like, this is a bad thing, and I'm a good person, So why did this happen to me? Or like you said, in this case where somebody lost their child in this act of violence, where none of them had done anything to the perpetrator except living their lives normally, and then their world kind of like collapses in on them. Yeah. Because sometimes, and and, and I'm going to give you an example, sometimes people involve themselves in risky behavior, whether they go to the wrong place, you know. And it's like when something bad happens, it's like, well, you knew that you, you were going into either living a lifestyle or a situation where you were running a risk. But when you have people sometimes that are living a normal lifestyle, sending your child to school as an example, which you consider a safe activity. And then something like this happens. I think that, like you said, sometimes it's very difficult for them to understand that there is something in there for them, even though initially I imagine it might be too painful for them to try to flush it out, find it, come to grips with it or at least salvage something out of the whole, God, it's got to be, I imagine, I can't can't think of anything that could just alter your life to the rest of your days than to have something like this happen.
1: Yeah, and I have so many people that show up who have had those type of events Mm -hmm. occur in their life. Um, And just from my experience of having traumatic events in my life and with all of my clients and patients, I can tell you that. A good amount of the time, most people do figure out, okay, what is now my purpose? How am I supposed to be shifting or changing the world or affecting people in a different way so something doesn't happen anymore? Or how do we bring light to the darkest corners that others were afraid to look at? And sometimes it takes um, those who have gone through hellacious traumatic events to be the ones to step up to take the flashlights and shine things do i wish it was different absolutely unfortunately we live in in this type of lifetime and world where this happens Mm -hmm. so you know for me it's an it's an honor to have somebody shed their complete soul of just gripping pain and difficulty and challenges but that's where you step into you know wherever they have been whether faith based religious spiritual you know there's so much more than this lifetime and in this world and it really helps um from my experiences to bring that to people as far as um you know what goes on outside of this world where were we before we stepped into this world where might might we go after this world and you know in my book marlene i t- give so many different examples of okay. messages that come in from children adults who have transitioned and i don't use the word die as much because Mm -hmm. we transition somewhere else from this world but how many times i've had these these children or these adults come in to assist me to help others or they're assisting their loved ones or they're assisting just us as humans in this Lifetime so they might not be here in physical form, but they're helping in ways that they couldn't before in physical form We just have to be open to seeing it hearing it, and connecting to it.
0: Sure, and and unfortunately the way we view death is uh, very uh, Even if you believe sometimes in an afterlife or heaven for example, yeah, there's always a very big divide between the living and those that have passed on as in I've lost you Either definitely or at least until I end my life, you know, like, and as in in I die. But from what you're saying is even though they don't have a physical body anymore, that doesn't mean they've been erased. Um,
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. And that was a really good point that you made because there is no, again, black or white, you know, this, this or that. And I teach so many people that come and I give workshops on this too of how do you get connected to those who have transitioned? How do you begin to hear and see the messages that they're saying, excuse me, I might not be there in physical form, which is the worst because we're human and we want that connection. Yes. You can be open and hear the messages of from animals, from plants, from other people that just show up for five seconds Mm -hmm. that you these messages they're here all the time and what I see consistently especially with children yes is when they die Um, whether it's from a medical illness a violent death whatever it might be they hang around a lot longer they're really hanging around they're really motivated they're really you know wanting to make sure somehow and give signs and messages to their family members that it's okay I'm still here I'm still around it's just you know in our human form our brain can't wrap around and and, and and I think that for
0: parents or for family this Mm -hmm. is really what they want to know which is is this child okay are they okay
1: Yes. And, and, you know, I see it all the time that, you know, how do I say this? Every adult and child that comes to me who has transitioned, died, they're not all in the same place and space. So that's, what's really interesting what I see, but what, but what I feel and see consistently is, wow, what a difference, what a lightness um what insight that they have outside of here and for like parents or loved ones it's a great gift that i can give but not only just that they come through me but here's the great part i can put somebody on my table because i use a table as well or they can be just sitting down and i can open up portals in their body where they can go inside and now connect with their loved one and feel their loved one from beyond this realm so they can have Closing conversations, connections, figure out how they can connect to each other while the one person is still alive in human form and their loved one has transitioned. That, to me, is so powerful because they're like, oh, my gosh, now that I'm carrying them right here in my body and I know how to reach out and connect with them. That is so needed when we're in human form.
0: And I imagine also, Paige, part of that being able to connect has got to allow them to also to go on. Because it's they, have, like to, they so have to stay here. They're still alive with a human well, body. So that, this allows that, them to either if they have other children or just to go on with their okay. lives. Um, okay. And I think sometimes and, people, and luckily I've not, never been in that, and I don't ever want to be in that situation. But I think sometimes maybe a parent or they kind of feel, oh, if I kind of move on, I'm betraying or like I don't okay, love, okay. I, you know, I'm forgetting about what happened with my child, for example, as if it's a time. child.
1: I hear all the time, Paige. If I laugh or if I move mm-hmm. on, am I betraying? Am I forgetting them? And I said, No, not at all. Because the messages I continually get is, keep moving on, mom, dad, husband, wife, child. Keep moving on. Take me with you. So when I so when I get people to get connected to their loved one in their body, what I'll say to them is, okay, when you go do this next step, now you can say, honey, child husband, whatever it might be, can you travel with me inside of my body to help me with this next piece? And the strength that they get and the messages that they get is so different. That doesn't mean that they don't have times in human form that they cry, that they miss, because we're still in flesh. So that happens. But let me tell you, it really makes a huge difference, like you said, of continuing on, um, knowing that okay, they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And when I came into this lifetime, I knew as a very small toddler um, that my role here was to help people realize that they're not alone. Because loneliness and being alone is one of the hardest things here, especially when you have trauma, and people are, you know, killed around you, or they die of a terrible death, or there's disease, whatever it might be. And even animals. Our animals are our family too. Sure. And that's another big, big component.
0: Oh, yes. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> my animals are my children. And oh, my God.
1: At times, you know, with other clients as well.
0: Yes. And um, I myself I had an experience a couple of days ago. I have right now five little dogs. I know. And, I saw um, one,
1: something moving Yeah, they, you. Yeah, they,
0: they, they, sometimes they're back there and they... It's great. (laughs) And uh, one of them, we left in a hurry because we had forgotten something. And we have a front door that sometimes if you don't slam it right, bottom line. uh, And, you know, we have a gated uh, property. Mm -hmm. And when we got back and we opened the gate to bring the car in, I saw one of them outside and I was like, oh my God. Okay. But then I couldn't find one of them. And we haven't gone maybe a little bit. I was frantic. I was frantic yes, thinking I had lost one of them. Uh, I mean, we but have a baby. big property. And finally, I mean, I went around the property. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I rode even after like at midnight, I rode around and I would go on the 4 We stop signs calling her name. And I was, oh my God, it was so horrible. And I had already put ads on Craigslist on all the, and I uh-huh. went to sleep. Difficult, you know, like, you know, when your body just can't. And all of a sudden, I hear, it's like, I hear her barking. I was like, she's like, by the way, a little dog. That's another thing. And I woke up, my my husband next to me goes, where are you going? She was at the front, at our front door. I don't know how she got out. I don't know how she got in. At two in the morning.
1: Hello, I'm here.
0: I'd like to come And it was like that bark, you know, I've had, I have children. <laughs> but you know, it's almost like, you know, your dog's bark. Yes. Yes. I I still, to this point, don't, uh, don't quite understand how she got out and how she came back in. Okay. But back to the point of, yes, (laughs) I'm one of these people that even our animals, Mm -hmm. they become enmeshed in your emotional life where they mean a lot to you. Uh, And I mean, I've had pets die on me and I understand it because I think that's something that we forget about. Sometimes when we get animals that Not what ninety five percent of the time we're going to outlive them, yeah. Unless you got a parrot or a tortoise, Um, yeah. So, yeah. Can uh, I share
1: something about 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 animals that's really important for signs and messages? I believe it. Okay, so um, in my book too, I talk. There's a chapter called Land and Its Messages, and I I teach clients, patients, and in workshops that pay attention to the animals that keep showing up, whether they're winged animals, insects, lizards, big mammals, or they can either be alive or they can just be pictures or they keep showing up in shows because each animal has a message and a meaning. And it's really, really important. And when we're talking about Health and being here in this world and dealing with death, whatever's going on in your life, certain animals show up at certain times for the situation that you're being challenged with to give you messages of hope or what to do. So always pay attention to that because it's so incredibly helpful.
0: It's not, in other words, there's no coincidences. There is never,
1: ever, ever. Even when it comes to like, you know, if tarantulas keep showing up, they're showing up because this is what a tarantula means and this is Mm -hmm. how it's going on in your life and
0: yeah right and a lot of people don't realize also that also when it comes to symbology it's not a one-size-fits-all right I've used this example let's say to some one person you show them a tiger and they're scared and this is like a man-eating animal you show a tiger to another person and you think it's an it's beautiful it's powerful it's sleek Mm -hmm. you know everybody Mm -hmm. has a different interpretation so like what you said what you're seeing is meant for you individually at that time, at that time for life. you to interpret it according to like what you said, what is going on with you,
1: mm-hmm. whether
0: you're conscious of it, or subconsciously, because that's where that's I'm a subconscious behaviorist. And I know that a lot of our behavior and our reaction to things is dictated by our subconscious mind, like you said, based sometimes even on experiences we have that we might not even consciously remember. Uh, but we react to it in different ways throughout our lives, unless we come and, for lack of a better word, make peace with it, or, you know, right. I, I, I don't, I'm and not so I, much into that closure I, word, <laughs> well, but... No, if um, ever,
1: you're ever going to get full closure in human form, you right. may get some peace and ease about something. Um, and that's okay, because we're always searching for this inner peace and joy. It's hard to get, you know, when you're going through challenging times.
0: Well, of course and let me ask you something Paige and yeah. I've run across and I'll this sometimes answer it, Marlene. <laughs> where it comes to and this is especially I know this is really difficult for some people because I would say most of the times it's very painful but I've noticed some people who were victimized at some time during their lifetime either as a child or as even as an adult they don't want to deal with it and because it's painful it is but mm-hmm. I find that when they don't they're still being victimized in other words, that memory might be just as fresh as it was twenty years before. So it still has like a central theme and colors their daily lives. So in other words, instead of it being something that happened to me, right or wrong, I accepted, I handled it, and I moved beyond it. They're constantly victimized. They're they're going through that it's almost like on a loop kind of thing. And I don't know if you've ever had people come to you. Where sometimes they might be even older and they tell you, and then when you kind of like go through the, you find that the core of it is that, that's still, they're still reliving it for lack of a better word.
1: Yeah. I call it like the PTSD loop. Yes. You know, it's that loop that goes on in the brain, in the medulla that, that just loops and loops and loops and loops. So I work with that all the time, Um, consistently every single day, every single day. I see that every single day. And remember, look at our world. We live in a time when we have been, um, that's pretty violent. Yes. That's pretty scary. You know, I look at the world as world before 9-11 and the world after 9-11. Because yes. for me, things changed drastically after 9-11. Sure.
0: Yes, it, yeah, it was. I mean, there was always precautions and you heard of certain things happening. But I want to say it was kind of distant in a way. Um, and it didn't color your daily living as much as it did after that. And uh, like I was telling you before, it was my kids were in high school. This is the first time. Uh, I mean, they had my emergency numbers in the office, but this was the first time I made a plan with my kids. If something happens, this is we had a plan, a meeting point, where to do, where to go, stay here. And it, before that uh, 9-11, I never had to ex- experience or go through that you know, or tell my kids, this is where we're going to (laughs) meet. It's like, (laughs) but yeah, it, it, I mean, and it's evolved from there. It's taken on different, you know, things where, and and in some points, uh, it almost becomes uh, a little bit surreal. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people. We're
1: desensitized because we see violence on TV, video games. We're constantly hearing things from the news. Um, I remember working at the Pentagon and You know, there was certain places within the Pentagon that the war that was in and still is in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. when they would do warfare, we'd have these young, you know, younger adults pushing buttons, sending, you know, missiles over there. And to them, it was just like playing a video game. There was no connection to a missile over to life that is over there because they've been so desensitized from playing video games all their life. So we take a look at, you know, what TV, movies, um, the news, video games has played a part in all of our lives. And even though we become desensitized, every single time you watch or hear something like that, the body takes it in in their fluids, the organs, the musculoskeletal system, it still creates a level of unease and and on the spectrum of trauma in your body each time you take something like that in.
0: Yes, and it's like like you said you know in the game you hit reset and everybody gets back up and you just redo yeah. it again there's no permanency as far as or the value of human life even if it is one life or various right. i mean it's and um and i don't know and like you said maybe it's because the video games or the amount of time and i'm going to go back to the good old days I remember watching what would be considered politically incorrect cartoons when I was a kid like Johnny Quest where you know I mean, you saw I remember,
1: Johnny Quest yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know what I always did to distinguish plus let's say I would just watch that Saturday morning and after that I would get up and go outside and play yes so I wasn't constantly bombarded mm-hmm. by this it was like it was a cartoon it was an adventure but I knew that that was not real uh, and but the rest of my time playing that was not what I was doing and I think like you said because let's face it it's very engaging if you get into it uh plus you're in the air conditioning and you've got food and uh you just hang out with your friends or in some cases I know a lot of people even develop uh relationships with other players if they're on one of these platforms where people from around the world can go in and play at the same time I've seen where um This is more real to them than their real lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good escapism. It is. And there's nothing wrong with escapism. And, you know, I've I've found, you know, some like I tell somebody, you know, it's okay to self soothe. You know, that thing how they say women, you know, we go shopping and everybody does it for a little while. It's okay. Distract yourself, go to the movies, go shopping, whatever. And then you kind of like come back and you're like okay now let me see if i can handle it. what's going on it's you know some type of stressful situation that's going to happen if you're alive and you got a pulse you're gonna it's gonna counter stress somewhere along but it's when all of a sudden you're distressing or distracting yourself continuously right okay definitely, and no, real life and all the things that come with real life are like i won't think about that now i'll go play <laughs> right. right right and Everybody then what you're playing is what you said what you bring into into your mind and into your your system, body into your organic system yeah. yes I, I, I agree that the phenomena that we're experiencing now has a lot of roots that if you follow them back the final product is what we're, we're seeing now um, and like we were discussing especially if you're talking an individual has some type of mental illness or behavior disorder that sometimes they're disti- they can't distinguish too well with um with reality maybe because in this case like we were talking about the shooter his behavior was so weird that he kind of alienated his classmates so they that isolation so i mean and it unfortunately snowballs from there but uh, i think all those components sometimes the 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 final result is not good and like i said even that um that isolationism where sometimes the relationships you develop via the character that you've created is more real to you than going out which I think is a big problem and actually engaging with other human beings around you even if sometimes they're unpleasant (laughs) say hello this is life of course you're going to run across people and you learn how to deal with it without wanting to kill them I guess is what I'm saying (laughs) you know it's like oh that jerk okay and then you you know, it's like, it doesn't mean you're going to like everybody or get along with them. You're going to run across people that you, they're unlikable or they treat you, they say something or do something that you don't like. But then there's there's like a medium point between, yeah, you get angry and like, and then you go on your way. That's it. And that's why. You don't want to take them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why when we're, when we're having issues and we're coming up against what we consider a challenging situation with certain, with certain individuals. I try really hard myself and I teach people this as well, is when you're having a really tough time, look through the person into their heart center and notice that they are walking soul and spirit just like you are. Um, They're showing up differently in human form because they have their journey and they're doing what they need to do at this time. And if you take a moment and really start to look at someone at the heart center, and start to look at them as a soul. You can say, "Hey, you know what? I've shown up like that too because guess what? Everyone's a mirror back to us." So, if you can look at them and go, "Okay, they are soul and spirit just like I am. I've had days where I've acted like that or you're mirroring yes. back to me." It makes a little bit difference of how you respond to that person or how you walk away from that person. Exactly. Um, and that's a that's a big component. It's challenging to do sometimes, but if you can get into that that pattern of looking at people that way and going okay they're holding a mirror up to me what am i supposed to learn from this um and or okay they're soul and spirit too i've acted like that too because not any one of us is perfect all the time so just a little tidbit and a suggestion um for your listeners to kind of start to to play
0: and i think also and i don't know if you've gone across it people that seem to be always angry their their level is always angry mode so of course it doesn't take much to get them to react. You know, not even a chip on their shoulder. They're just angry all the time. So, you know, somebody cuts in front of them in traffic, they go off. You know, uh, anything. Ha- somebody takes their parking space, they go off. Um, whatever. They're they're always and um, I don't know. I don't. I know in some cases some people use it as a self defense mechanism. At one time it served a purpose and they kept that angry. Uh, persona and I usually see it as tell me how angry you are and I'll tell you how scared you are uh and but unfortunately the repercussions of it are that 9 times out of 10 you you always have more confrontations you're unhappy very unhappy um because nothing fulfills you you I think it's really difficult to be angry and happy at the same time
1: well they can't take up the same space they can't yeah. live in the same space and for anger, you have to remember, wow, because anger is not an emotion that can sit by itself. It's always fueled by something else, whether it's betrayal, sadness, hurt, disappointment. And if that has continued in their life, um, it's easier for them to go to the anger place than it is to actually feel what's underneath yes. that anger. Um, and that happens so many times, um, so many times. So a lot of times when someone's completely angry or, like you said, cuts you off, throws you the finger, whatever it yeah. might be. Again, step back and go, wow, what happened in their day before they saw me? What happened with this? And yeah. that's why there's random, just random acts of being kind. I remember, do you remember when the, the toll booths, you had to put change in them and stuff like sure. that? And now you just use the card. Yeah. Um, I always have told people, look, pay for the person behind you, whether you use it on your credit card or whatever. It's four bucks, two bucks, whatever it might be. That thing changes somebody's. That yeah, changes someone's exactly. day. If you're in the grocery store and someone's really angry, offer to, hey, can I help you with this? Or yes. whatever it is, doing something, if you're in a good mood, spread that. Yes. You never know. You don't know if that person just lost someone. If they're dealing with a, a medical illness, you don't know. Did they just lose their house? Like You don't know what's going on in that person's life. Yes. It's so easy yeah. to throw curse words back at them, but it takes a lot to stop and go, wow there must be something really going on with them maybe you can do something really small and maybe that person won't appreciate it in the moment but you don't know how you've affected or planted a seed moving on sometimes we just don't know
0: yes exactly like you said i mean and or so, yeah sometimes appearances um they can be deceiving you mm-hmm. know you could see it i want to go with men you know some especially men that sometimes have a difficulty expressing They use you anger, know sorry and you see them and they look like they don't care or anything and you really don't know what's going on inside of them as far as why maybe why they're acting angry. It's just because maybe they just have a hard time accepting sorrow or, or feeling it, in other words, you know, and they think it's they just don't know how to handle it. So, like you said, you really don't know what's going on inside of them that an act of kindness could make a difference. What, for you know, them. Whether
1: it's man or woman, mm-hmm. um, just try and always remember because we've always been in those places too where we've been angry we've been disappointed and that's and that's blasted out towards someone you know towards someone else in some way shape or form
0: so Paige let me ask a little let's say when somebody comes to you and 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 by this and you tell me and I don't know sometimes I find that we kind of live in an instant gratification where people want instant instant relief instant results and sometimes I find that especially when you're talking whether it's physical trauma, sometimes, many times as emotional trauma or something. That's a process, you know, I'm not going to say years, but sometimes I've noticed that the getting better, it, it doesn't, it's not like a clap of thunder. Sometimes you feel something, but then it takes days and sometimes weeks for it to like start shifting inside of you. Where maybe if, let's say you were hopeless before, now you start feeling hopeful whereas before uh, you know you were angry all of a sudden the things that used to make you angry don't make you angry anymore so have I don't know if you could talk about that as far as what's the process of when somebody comes to you for help what happens with that Well, that's a loaded question because
1: Ah. I'm I'm such an anomaly I use so many different kinds of things and people can either come and see me face to face they can do retreats or virtual because I have so many different things that I can do virtually with someone. Um, again, I go into the body a lot because the body holds the story. Okay. So if you have um, a story that you've been looping around in your brain, where are you holding it in your body? Like We talked about anger. Where is anger being held in the body? Um, what organ is it connected to? Um, in Chinese medicine, You know, each organ has emotions and and in a Chinese medicine clock for 24 hours a day, there's certain times a day that are connected to different organs. For instance, sleep is a big thing. A lot of people don't sleep well. So if you're getting up between 1 o'clock and 3, that's the liver. You know, when the liver is about detoxifying, um, our food, our fluids, but it's our emotions as well, too. Right. So having a tough time detoxifying what's going on, our emotions coming up and you're not being able to process them. Um, so, you know, I use a combination of Chinese medicine, organs, chakra work, the emotions, the body telling the story, and what type of physical ailments have you had? Each one of us carries our emotions differently. So if someone comes to me and says, hey, you know what, I'm always having intestinal issues, chronic diarrhea or constipation, IBS, whatever it might be. Well, that's the first and second chakra, and that's a lot has to do with, you know, how grounded are you in, in the world? Where do you believe you fit in in the world? Mm-hmm. What's your stability level in your world? Um, your sexuality, do you have, you know, um, past sexual assault, sexual abuse types of issues, inappropriate touching? So anything that's gone on, the body's taking the hit, and it's holding in your fluids, your organs. So mm-hmm. when I start to work mm-hmm. on that area and get my clients and patients connected to the organs, I can actually get them connected inside their body to their organs, but or the organs are gonna tell the story. And then they get to release it. And then things are much more calm, much more open, and then they get to find out what do they need to take care of in that section of their body okay. as they move forward. So in the body will tell you what it wants you to do, how it wants you to do it, how it wants you to eat, what different mantras, the body gives you information. Okay. We live in a world where we tell our, we have our brains tell the body, all right, you're going to eat this, you're going to do this, this is how hard you're going to do it, you're going to keep pushing, pushing, and we never let the body say, um, excuse me, that doesn't work for me, until we have a physical injury, an illness, chronic situation go on, and then all of a sudden, it gets our attention, hopefully. And then when right. it gets our attention, right. then we focus on just the medical, And in my book, I talk about working and training with medical doctors of all kinds of how that's just one piece, the physical situation that's coming up. What's the story that the physical disease or injury is holding that you need to pay attention to to help release it? And or maybe part of your journey here in this lifetime is to learn how to deal with medical issues. Everybody has different journeys and paths that they've taken on when they come into this time. So it's very, you know, it's, it's individual, it's very complex, but at the same time, what I do is so simple and so easy because I find in a complex world, the body and how we're dealing with things can be done in a very simple, easy manner that I can give someone that they can practice on their own, give them some homework that they start to become more empowered, empowered
0: right. by. I know right, which is practicing- what you want people, the, the yes. person to become empowered that they could at some point, they're going to go on the, by their own and, and take care of themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen, I've seen continuously, and I talked to other practitioners in the wellness field, we've gotten so good at having practitioners tell us what's wrong, that we don't own what's wrong, and be a part of the collaboration of being connected to our bodies to bring information in of, this is what's going on in my body, those pills or supplements that you wanted me to take, I already know that's not going to work for me because I'm connected to my body. Like we want somebody else telling us how, when, what to do. Mm-hmm. And not that we can't guide and assist, but you have to take ownership of this flesh that you came in with and start to step into it so you can be collaborative for your own health and an advocate for yourself.
0: And let me ask him because it sounds also... Um... And I don't know if you've ever done anything. It's called parts therapy, which is, you know, usually has to do with your aura. And, mm-hmm. you know, when people, their aura gets holes in them or thins out yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. because of trauma, you know, sometimes if you're, you got some type of addiction or had some type of addiction, you know.
1: And it could be just environmental as well. Yeah, you know, it could be, it could be a lot of different things that will yeah, affect a of, your
0: aura um, yeah. as far as to protect you. You know, that's kind of like. Yes. Um, let me ask you, what, and it sounds almost, have you ever, um, when a person, let's say, have you ever found that any of what's affecting them in their body, that it actually sometimes takes on, a, that if, that it looks like something, whether it's a black mass or sometimes um, has even, uh, has a certain look about it, or the person's personalized it to look as a, a certain way like some I've, I've heard of some people saying well you know what if you ask them what does it look like they'll say well it feels like something dark or it feels like oh, a, yeah. a yes. black uh, wool yes. ball or whatever it's not yes. really a black ball in the sense that but that's how they see it in their auric body and I don't know do you see that or have you had people describe it when they finally the get time. to that point where you find it in their body
1: all the time and when you're really connected what they see is generally truth of what's going on in the body. They can describe the texture, the color, the mm-hmm. size. Um, and then, of course, we have conversations. So if there's a mass in there, the mass will talk back. I teach them how to do that. Yes. The mass will talk back and say, this is why I'm here. These are the reasons why. This is what I need you to do. This is what I not don't need you, know, need you to do. Again, it's becoming fully connected to what you've already been connected with when you first came into this lifetime. Right. You, have a knowing and an inner wisdom as soon as you came into this lifetime but no one has taught you how to connect fully to that inner knowing and wisdom like people talk about mindfulness which is fantastic what I do goes leaps and bounds beyond mindfulness yes it's going into everything and really taking full ownership and you know like I said before because illnesses and viruses boy they're coming in stronger and stronger I do a lot of work with neurotoxin illnesses whether it's mold or lime or Epstein-Barr, because that's really embedding in people's bodies and just bringing their life, their quality of life down horribly.
0: Yes. I, I, the other day, I had to go to an emergency room, not for myself, but for somebody else. Uh-huh. And, you know, because now we've got this thing going on with the flu. And uh. it's the first time I walk in, the personnel, you know, that, that take your information or if you're trying to yeah. find somebody's room, they all had surgical masks on. And I was yes. like... Okay, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm putting on, the, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, it's, doesn't, you understand that when you're going to an emergency room, there's people there with different types of illnesses or sickness, some of them are contagious, some of them are not, some of them are contagious and don't know it, but you never kind of like wig out the way all of a sudden it was like, why is everybody behind this desk sitting on with a surgical, you know, one of these things over their mouths and their, and their noses, it was like, now I'm looking around and it was like, okay, I just, see people that are sick but and i guess maybe being all the time inside a hospital but that's the first time i had seen that where it kind of like wigged me out a little bit like okay um it's and i understand i don't want to i don't want to understate the severity of let's say all these people have died because of recently of the flu but sometimes people don't realize that there's certain sicknesses not like before let's say when there was a spanish influenza at the turn of the century where millions died around the world but that yeah people can die you know um from of the flu and they have been dying sometimes because they their immune systems compromised or they were old and firm very young but and sometimes i know the media does has a little bit to do with it as well as far as kind of like uh making us ultra aware or to some cases ultra scared of what's been around us all the time which is that because our bodies we're still susceptible to sickness
1: yeah and that's a good message about um going back to the challenges that are going on in this world and how much fear consistently comes out that we always hear about fear 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 and that embeds in the body we become a society that's much more fearful yes much more protective um and when there's fear there's a difficult time having love and trust so we battle that here and that fear again we we capture it inside of our organs inside of our fluids and it creates illness injuries disease um chronic situations on top of our daily life of stress (laughs) yes (laughs) and and and,
0: and sometimes i mean i mean I, i my ability to watch tv sometimes it's so i watch certain things where i don't see that many commercials like netflix or whatever but even when i do i'm like how many how many commercials are we going to get about different uh, pharmaceutical drugs or treatment for cancers what is this yeah I, i it was like it's you continuously get bombarded by these messages and um i'm thinking to myself and, and, and sometimes I call it what's called the industry of fear, where there's a lot of people making a lot of money from keeping a lot of people really scared all the time about everything. <laughs> it feels like sometimes it's almost everything. And I agree with you. Sometimes um, we have this uh, dialogue almost in the back because, let's face it, we're exposed to it in so many ways all the time, yes. where we develop this fear of living. <laughs> yes of living everything whether it's something you eat some place you go like when i went to emergency room uh it's and i and i guess it's okay to tell people you know you shouldn't eat this let's say cigarettes are bad for you great or certain things yes you should notify people don't do this or don't eat this don't ingest this don't go there because it's bad for you but when you continuously i think get bombarded from all sides every day all of a sudden you walk around, even if you're not aware of it, of being scared of living life, and I think it takes um, it impairs your enjoyment of life on a day-to-day basis. Um, that doesn't mean I know that some people get very sick or that things happen, but there's a lot of us that, you know, unless you know, you gotta. And that's another thing. A lot of people sometimes they they don't know how to live on a daily basis because the the daily life is it's always full of pitfalls because they're given all this information all the time and i think at some point depending on your personality not everybody's the same a lot of people take it in more and they put it into their their psyche their being and in some cases i'm comes out some other way especially if you're just a little bit of a hypochondriac you know the type you know where <laughs> they're more likely to buy into All the things that can happen to you, for example, health-wise. So yeah, I think that a lot of times uh, for all the benefits of technology, this is one of the downsides where um, especially here, uh, you know, like in the United States where everybody's got a TV, everybody's got a TV uh, and uh, you can get bombarded by just messaging that's not really to our benefit in the end. It's not and uh, it shows up. I think it shows up in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me ask you something. When um, when somebody, let's say somebody comes to you, uh, I, I know that you've worked with people that have had PTSD, like they've gone to war, okay? And they mm-hmm. come back. And I imagine, do you ever get people that they don't want to spend the rest of their lives taking medicine? In other words, they don't... they They don't want to take pills anymore they just want to learn how to deal with it how do you how do you handle people that come like that that hey i don't want to spend the rest of my life popping a pill to address this problem
1: you you know i say bravo to you so we can get underneath you know um the real truth of what the body's holding and the story and stories that you've been holding, you know, but I go back to what I said in the beginning that I'm all about integration. There's a place in the space for Western and Eastern. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need that pill to, to get you over a hump and then you can wean. There's also so many different kinds of supplements and I do a lot of integrative, holistic and complementary type of modalities that really help people even if they are taking different types of meds. Um, so again, it's individual, it's integration. Um, but taking a pill and not dealing with what's going on with the root of what's going on right. never get you moving forward in the most healthiest and highest good for yourself.
0: Right. And, and, and I've had as a hypnotherapist, I've had on occasion people mistakenly thinking that I can erase a memory. <laughs> can you hypnotize me so that I don't remember that? Oh, interesting. And it's no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, no, no. Some of the things I've heard of, which is like can you hypnotize my wife back to like she'll she'll feel for me like we did at the beginning it's like no but anyway uh, my point is that (laughs) you also I imagine it's not a question of forgetting it's a question of understanding what happened to you not forgetting it
1: what I always say whether you have PTSD from war sexual assault a death um, a car accident or you're going through cancer you can fight 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 but the but the word and the movement that you're missing is embrace you cannot keep fighting something without right. embracing what it is that you have you know i see a lot of cancer patients And for them, it's, you know, fight, you're a warrior. You are a warrior, but at the same time, you also have to embrace the story that's inside of you because it's here for a reason to give you information. So again, when you fight and embrace all at the same time, you change the dynamic of what is going on with you and the disease or the story or the trauma that you have.
0: Uh, And Paige, can you give any example without of course breaking confidentiality of any of your cases? where somebody has come to you, for lack of a better word, at the 11th hour, okay, because they've, they've, they're ready to, maybe they're at their worst, whether it's psychologically and or physically, spiritually, and then after working with you, they're able to turn things around, maybe beyond their own expectations. Well, I
1: call it the window of trauma. Okay. People have, have known that they're not doing well, not doing well, not doing well, but until their life starts to really fall apart in every area and they're about to lose things, it's the window of trauma that they will do absolutely anything to get better. Abs- and you've heard of that. Yes. Absolutely anything. It's like a sheer panic. But a lot of times I caution people with that sheer panic because it's you can be impulsive with it, but it's about being consistent with your life? Do you want to just come in and just boom, okay, one session, I'm done. And yes, you will feel a little bit better, but you got to get to roots of different things, um, get some tools under your belt in a different way. Because again, what I do is so different. Um, But it's that window of trauma. If you think you're going to come in and in one day or 90 minutes, things are going to be completely better and you're done, you know, It's not realistic because how many years and how long have you been carrying what you're carrying? Um, And if I'm going to work with the body and we're going to work with different things, um, it's going to take a little bit of time. Now, my work does move much quicker than most because of the different things that I do. But um, yeah, and I've worked a lot with first responders for years, uh, fire, police, military and in the world of um, fire and EMS, you know, we, we call them frequent flyers and in in the ER where, you know, they're constantly coming in. It's the same thing. It's the same story. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's what they're used to. And, you know, we all get frequent flyers sometimes. And by the time someone reaches me, they want to do the work in every single way. They want to do this advanced work and they want to get connected beyond this earthly realm and they want to know more and they want to step deeper into it and they want to be more empowered and they want to be step into their their knowing more and be a little bit more intuitive and and work with the trauma that they have um when someone comes to me you want to do the work and, and the commitment i don't deal
0: with frequent flyers um right exactly because yeah. of the level of how i work and have you ever had the situation where somebody comes in for what's apparently let's say whatever uh a trauma of something and then when you work with them you realize that underneath that there's other things or another event or another experience Mm -hmm. so in other words it's yeah they might come in and say well this happened to me whatever a year ago and then when you start working with them you go okay and you realize there's more underneath it it's almost like another layer
1: Yeah, there's always layers, but Mm -hmm. what I find is all of the layers, you could have lots of different traumas and situations, but what we're looking for is what is the themes, because the theme is is what carries you through. Um, So you can have all these different traumas, all these different traumas, but it's, you know, what's the theme behind all those traumas? And I'm a big believer, and I've seen it in my own life and with my clients and patients and where I've deployed and where I've been, is that um, with with trauma and all of the different layers and all of the accumulations kind of that you know go on with mm-hmm. trauma that you don't need to keep reliving it and have somebody talk about it in every single piece the body already has the story right. you keep having them talk about it over and over again or having them relive it you're just perpetuating the fight-flight-freeze right. response I don't do that because I don't need to do that and that's another reason why I have um, people come to see me because they don't have to relive what they've already gone through. It's a very different process. Do you find
0: in some cases where people, like you said, once you start going into a little bit more of what's going on with them, that there's also a pattern of repetition, basically driving these experiences that end up in some type of trauma for them. In other words, they kind of like keep stumbling over the same They They want to like, they want to make it right, but they're just going about it the wrong way.
1: Absolutely. It's kind of like life. If we don't, deal with something, the universe sends us the same message. Mm-hmm. Could look a different way, but we still get the same message. We still don't get it. They'll send it again a little bit harder this time and they'll keep sending it until it's more intense until we finally say, Uncle, okay, yes. I'm gonna have to deal with this. Or or someone goes, I'm not dealing with this and I'm just gonna drink or gamble or have risky behavior or whatever it might be. But the universe always gets
0: our attention for our highest good. Yes. Yes. It's almost like and, and, and you would think, well, why would somebody put themselves either in a situation or in contact with a person that's going to repeat a very unpleasant or traumatic experience?
1: Because that's what they're
0: familiar exactly. with. And that's what they're. Exactly. And like their logic like, mind, they'll say, no, never again. I won't. Uh, forget it. We
1: have to learn the flags. And sometimes these flags or situations are very insidious. Mm-hmm. um and they're not as clear so if you're not as connected
0: yes <clears throat> and and, and, and i'm are. glad you brought that up sometimes they start out very very subtly yes yes some people think that it's in your face and sometimes it starts very subtly and then as it progresses whether it's a relationship or some whatever all of a sudden you're neck deep right in a very similar to what happened to you before whatever whatever it is whatever the situation is and you can ask yourself and I've seen it oh oh my god I can't can't believe this happened or and it's like okay there's something there that you're not wanting to either accept deal with um uh look at I mean you have to
1: remember too there's also different levels of layers yes so maybe the same situation comes up but it comes up in a different way because you're ready to look at it from a different layer. So,
0: so again, it's so it's so individual. Yes, right. And and that's that's what what a lot of people sometimes and I think a lot of people like you said sometimes they want the magic pill and but I think when it comes to stuff like that, when it's something a little bit deeper in your psyche or something that's really cause, causing a problem that one size fit all or reading a book is not going to quite cut it as far as that you're going to need help, let's say like coming to see you, somebody like you, okay? Because, well, maybe work for your friend or for that person that you saw on TV might not be exactly work for you because it's your own individual, what's a, a result of all your experiences, nuances. Uh, like I said, some you get two people that undergo the same experience, one deals with it, and the other one doesn't, even if they appear to do so, because we're a product of, God, it could be genetics, environment, Mm -hmm. uh, everything that basically that we take in from the moment that we're able to, that even though we're not conscious of it. So we're very individualized, I think, as far as when it gets to that point where you can't, um, that's affecting your, your life. Let me ask you, something, Page. Do you have is there is there an age group where you see a, there's an accumulation of either results where people say that's it, I give up, like you said, Uncle, and they come to see you, or do you is there like is it older people, middle age? When is it that you see most people say I realize that there's something here I'm not getting, and I need help? All the above.
1: <laughs> really? I mean, it's 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 a. <laughs> okay. <it's, it's>, <laughs> it it's all the above what's funny though is when i have someone come to see me that's in their 60s or 70s what they'll say is for gosh sakes holy crap have (laughs) i not gotten this yet and i'm like you know what it's okay i don't think we ever fully get it until we transition from this lifetime completely because we're always going to be in this human flesh form and then we laugh about it and then we jump into whatever it is that the body needs to share
0: so, but yeah. you also, and I'm glad also that it's no such thing, as, it's never too late. If you're never, 50, far. 60, 70s, whatever, and you realize this is it, this is when you've got your epiphany, that it's never too late. Yeah. It's not like, I'm too old for this. No, not really.
1: No, because a lot of times, too, as people get older and they're getting closer to their own transition from mm-hmm. this world, they really want to understand things more. And then they reach out to me, too, to understand more about what goes on after they leave this world. Because they read my book and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, Can we talk about this? Because they have their own fears, right? Even they can be just Mm -hmm. as religious and spiritual and faith based. But the human mind will go, you know, I'm still a little nervous. How do I really know what goes on? So it helps them kind of step into their spirituality or their faith, whatever it is. so They can kind of be able to embrace a little bit more that you're just leaving this world. There's so many things and places and spaces that you're going to go
0: to outside of this realm. Exactly. And I think that it also helps when somebody comes to an expert, which is you're an expert in this. In other words, that you kind of like reassure them. This is it's not a fairy tale. There is who you are. Your awareness exists beyond once your body is not is dead, but you're not going to need it anyway.
1: Yeah, and can I say something? Sure. I'm so glad you brought that up and said this, because Newsweek, um, and I'm going to have this on my website, Newsweek came out with an article um, this month, earlier this month, that talks about they have found now that there is consciousness after the physical body dies. And I've been saying this (laughs) for decades. Yes. So it was a great validation to what I wrote in my book and to how I work with clients to say that, hey, we are not... The flesh we're just mm-hmm. borrowing this wonderful human fleshness um right. to kind of live this experience but we keep going on long after this
0: right and uh and I think that most people sometimes like you said especially when they're getting towards the end of their lives for whatever reason whether it's their health or their age right right good
1: point health that too. they start
0: thinking that's it is that all there is to me you know that's it it'll be like finito like the dirt nap forever and ever and that's the end of <laughs> me dirt. <laughs> and, and to think, okay, no, you know, once your body dies, which is what you need to exist on the earth plane,
1: right. you won't
0: need it where you're going, but that doesn't mean that's the end of you. It's just that the, the, right. the skin suit doesn't serve a purpose anymore where you're going. And a lot of people, unfortunately, and, and it's hard, and I, and I know we're bound to our bodies, but a lot of people, sometimes it's hard for them to think that they exist beyond this. <laughs> you know, right. this is me.
1: That's, yeah. And that's why yeah. people connected To their portals and to their spirit and to their soul. Um, And, you know, in my book, I give examples of what I've been shown, that when someone goes through a horrible um, car accident or a murder or their loved one thinks they died in pain, what I have seen is something completely different that happens when you're going through a horrific death. So um, it's actually much better than you can imagine. and It puts people's, people's minds at ease. Because we always think the worst, oh my God, they suffered, they did this. The suffering, yes. No, this is what really happens. And I talk about in that book what really happens with the soul and the human body when it appears to
0: be a horrific death. Right, I think that there is a point where, despite, and like like you said, the ones that are left behind were, you're thinking that this person is agonizing through the whole experience. And I think there's a point where, the, the, the awareness of who that person is kind of like goes into more like an observer mode as far as maybe they are able to witness it. But there's sometimes, it's not necessarily this horrific, you know, uh, minute by minute, second by second uh, that people envision, that people feel when they die. Like you said, sometimes I've been of-
1: shown that the soul gets pulled out and they don't have the physical pain or the emotional right. pain. When this is going on. And I talk about that and give examples of,
0: of how that occurred in my book as well. Which is fantastic. So, Paige, let me ask you what is your website if anybody wants to go and visit and see your books or make an appointment with you?
1: Oh, okay. Of course, it's a long website name because it's my name. If I'd had an easier <laughs> name, it would have been a lot easier, Marlene. So, it's it's PaigeValdeseri.com and it's P A I G E dot com, And I know that you'll have this link. So yes,
0: I, I, I'm going to have the link <laughs> yeah. at the bottom yeah. for anybody, yeah. but this is in case somebody's also just listening to it. They can find it. Um, you also have, you know, your, your book out. Um,
1: yeah. And the book is, and I know that you are visual. So I can see the book, but it's called the red bag connecting the journey of healing through life, death, and beyond. Okay. And you can get that on Amazon. Okay. Um, or you can get signed, um, special copies from me. You can go to redbagpress.com and you can see snippets of the book, interviews with the book, um, feedback from the book, both there and Amazon. So you can either order the book from Amazon or Kindle or Smashwords, or you can go to redbagpress.com and get a personalized copy. And when I say personalized, I don't just sign my name, I actually write, I I tune into what the person's going through in their life, and I actually write, I take the time to write like a good paragraph
0: to them. Wow, that is fantastic, that's great, that's definitely, oh yeah, I mean sometimes people (laughs) stand in lines. (laughs) When they want to get just a signature on a book. No,
1: I write more than that. I write more because I I really believe if someone's going to take the time to to pay for a personalized copy, I'm going to take the time to really write something in there
0: rather than just my name. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Paige, it has been wonderful to have you on. I want to thank thank you so much for spending this time. It was great to talk to you. And I'm so glad because I think that the future (laughs) of medicine, of healthy human beings... Is what you're describing. It's an integrative approach, where yeah. not only is it the body, but the psyche or the soul, the mind, everything. You can't uh, include one and exclude the other if we right. want to have healthy human beings. Happy, happy human beings. Very important. Happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm into the happiness thing.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's great, Marlene.
0: Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marlene. Bye bye. Bye. All right, guys. I love talking to Paige. Of course, I love talking to everybody. But no, all kidding aside. You know what? When, um, and I know that, you know, I'm, the show won't be released for a little bit, but, you know, here in South Florida, we experienced the shooting at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School. 17 people were killed, 14 of them kids. Um... And um, the worst part of it is that, like what we were talking about, sometimes, let's say, you um, are going or doing something that you know something could happen to you. If you're a police officer, you know, if you're a window washer. I mean, there's certain things that you always have in the back of your mind that something could happen to you. You don't want it to happen and you take precautions. When you think of going to work, if you're an employee at a school, or you're a child or you're a parent sending your child to school, okay, um, this, is, this is the stuff that so many millions of Americans do every day without thinking twice that something like that is going to happen to them and change and shatter their lives because there's no other way to think about it, Okay even the students that survive. As a matter of fact, now, in these few days is when they're starting to come back to school, and I don't know how they're handling that. Um, you know what? This is well. This is what's happened. In This is like a time capsule right now that happens. And of course, it got national attention, my point being. But there's other things that happen to people individually throughout their lives that can be just a shattering. It doesn't make the news, OK? It doesn't get all this what's going on, but it's just as devastating to people. And I wasn't kidding when I said that I truly think that some people naturally or whatever, they, 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 they know how to handle it, They they process it, they grieve, whatever the situation involves. But there's a lot of us that get stuck they can't get around it they can't go beyond it they can't progress uh, sometimes it's something that happened to them personally sometimes it's happened something it's something that happened to somebody they loved and it's like all of a sudden life keeps moving and they don't seem to be moving and maybe at the beginning when something is fresh uh, you know you gotta give yourself time but there's at some point that you should be rejoining life changed Some of these things, you're never going to be back to the way you were before. But that doesn't mean that you're stuck. And I think that the approach or the methods that Paige is talking about is something that we need to see as the norm um, of how we treat human beings when they find themselves uh, either trauma, emotional or physical trauma as a child. Maybe it's a one-time thing that happened to you could be something systematic, which means it happened various times. Adult, child, one time, war. God, we're human beings. Like I said, you have the same situation, two people. One handles it really well. The other one just doesn't. We're all different. But because of that individuality, uh, I'm hoping that in the future, besides Western medicine, which deals strictly with having the body survive, that this will become very very accepted and I know I'm reaching out here (laughs) they will even have insurance plans that will cover the cost of not only traditional psychotherapy okay and by this I don't mean that you don't need to have a mental or behavior disorder to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist I'm talking as this is part of integration of exactly what she said that a lot of times we take this grief or this anger or whatever it is and we integrate it into different parts of our body and it shows up in certain ways and we need to get to the point where if that person needs it that they have access to it and it's an accepted form of how can I say uh, giving us good health in all, because a lot of times we think that you know if you can, if it's not a pill or something like a shot it's like oh well but we're, we're more than that we're more than just our bodies we are I mean you could fix somebody up physically patch them up and they fat but if their psyche if their brain if their emotions are not yeah you have a very unhappy and sometimes unhealthy person emotionally and a body that's perfectly healthy and the quality of their life is not good, and sometimes then of course, and what happens is that person might develop other physical symptoms throughout the years because that trauma or that uh, something that they witness sometimes believe it or not, you can and by this, believe me, I am not into victimology. no victims are unhappy people, there is no happiness, no joy in being a victim, folks, none whatsoever however, there's moments when things happen to us that you don't want to be victimized by it so that you can move on. Being in a state of victimhood, forget that. But but what I'm going to say is, like I said, everybody's individual. You'll have somebody that sometimes things don't have to happen to you directly. Okay? You could be a witness to something and get victimized for it because, fortunately or unfortunately, it depends on how you want to look at it, us humans have this great ability to imagine how easily that could have been us or fear that someone that we love they could have we, we kind of like take it we we own it okay and sometimes it's really horrific things that just witnessing it uh in other words you need that help to snap you out of it like yes that happens that can happen but that doesn't mean it's going to happen to you or to somebody that you love or somebody that's close to you all right another thing and i'm gonna have a show about that what i call the industry of fear i think we're force-fed a lot through the media but all these catastrophic things that can happen to us okay just living and i'm gonna give you this thing that happened within school that is horrible it's horrific but the truth is the chances of that happening to us individually is very slight not one time more is it acceptable by the way by this, I don't mean it's okay. It is not okay, and that it should be addressed absolutely. But that the rest of let's I'm going to use the United States of us Americans thinking day in and day out. where all of a sudden you're you you, you you're got getting victimized by this mindset. What if I send my kid off to school and they're going to die? And somebody's going to have a little. And all of a sudden your life is. And then you know you watch all these commercials of all these medicines or. Th- diseases or illnesses and all of a sudden you know we're we're getting bombarded with all these messages of all the things that can happen to us all the bad things that can happen to us either happen to us illnesses and you know what that's bad for us that's bad for us because whenever human beings live in a constant state of fear even if it's in the back of your mind It hurts you. It impinges on the quality of your life. It's much more difficult to be happy. Because even when you're happy, you're waiting for that other shoe to drop. As in all these things that I see every day that could happen to me. Okay? Or you'll get the people that think that they don't deserve to be happy. Oh my God, all these horrible things happen. All these other people suffering. Why am I so lucky that nothing's happened to me? Yeah, there's people out there. nothing wrong with that everybody's got their own path okay sometimes things happen to people without them bringing it on themselves for lack of a better word sometimes things happen to people because they put themselves in a situation or in a location where it was more more likely but we should never feel guilty for being happy especially if you're living your life on a day-to-day basis very important folks take a day-to-day okay and I think at the end and i've said this before i think in the end what we all want is just to be happy okay i'm not gonna say that we walk around going ha, "ha ha, i'm so happy it's great but that we're content and that we're happy and when you're like that whenever you get the dips or the bad things that happen and sometimes it doesn't have to be really bad it could just be things that are annoying stressful things that happen we're able to better cope with them okay When you're in the happy mindset or content mindset or hopeful mindset, when things happen from little to inconvenient to whoa, your approach to it is more realistic as in, maybe at the beginning you'll go, okay. But then you're better able to cope and find solutions or see the light at the end of the tunnel. However, if you are living already in fear in distrust, in anger, in hopelessness. Whenever you get the inconvenience to whatever, it's overwhelming. Even the smallest inconvenience becomes huge. And if it's really something, a stressful, big, giant problem, it can seem insurmountable. And that's why I'm saying that we should all strive. And by the mean, I don't mean Pollyanna, Okay. look at the positive spin of things to take our lives in segments of 24 hours because the truth is last time I checked time travel is not possible you can't change what's happened in the past okay worrying about the future doesn't change it we worry about a lot of things that never come to pass by the way there's a big difference between worrying and preparing okay let me give you an example if today is Tuesday and on Friday, I have a project or presentation that I am Worrying about it is not going to do anything for me. Now, if you tell me, hey, today, what do I need to be prepared? Oh, well, you know, let's say I have to have a certain set of clothes that I want to wear. Okay, I'm going to have, make sure that that's ready. So I'm not going to stress out on Friday finding out it's not there. Or do I need to get this material? Or do I want to, make? okay, that's it. That's what I need to do today. But I'm not worrying about it. I'm just preparing for what I want to do. But I don't spend my whole day thinking... Of all the things that are going to go wrong, worrying about Friday. Believe me, it doesn't. And a lot of us make the mistake that thinking that we worry about something, we're preparing for it, doesn't exist. But unfortunately, as human beings, like I said, between the way our minds work, the messaging we're getting constantly from different sources, we fall into it very, very easily. And by this I mean, sometimes you have to make the effort to pull yourself back and say, stop thinking like that. A lot of people think it comes naturally. No, of course you're going to have to go, snap out of it, stop thinking like that. Or if you fall into that, and especially if you're into one of these people that, that, that you do that like almost automatically, yeah, you will have to consciously pull yourself out of that mindset or that train of thought. And then as you do it more often, it becomes less and less automatic okay and yes there's times when it overcomes you and then you have to pull back but believe me I'd rather be a happy human being than a worried unhappy scared angry human being okay because I'll tell you what and I know this sounds very metaphysical but it is your expectations usually will manifest themselves sooner or later and by this and I'm sure some of you will say sometimes our expectations if they're negative somehow or other we will manifest them we are very powerful beings and we concentrate on something long and hard enough which unfortunately the emotions of fear and anger are very powerful somehow or other we will it will manifest in the physical world it will and i've I've tested this theory many many times okay and it does so yes our expectations if you're hopeful If you're happy, you have a problem, but you you think or you realize I'm gonna be able to find a solution to this, I will find whether whatever, whether your spiritual life, your religious beliefs, whatever it is that that, that's you. You If if you however it is that you get there, happy human beings are kinder. Um, like she was explaining, we're more willing to overlook when somebody acts really ugly towards us or even help them out. Um, we have more compassion. So, yes, by the way, there's again, there's nothing wrong with striving to be happy, whatever it is that makes you happy. So, again, guys, I hope you like the show. I love speaking to Paige. Like I said, the link to her show is at the bottom. By all means, visit... Um, like I said, I, 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 I would hope that in the future, there will be many pages offering these services for us human beings. Um, read her book. Hey, let me tell you something, it sounds like you get a lot for that book, I'm telling you. It's almost like you get a mini reading to go with it. Um, and uh, subscribe to my channel. If there's some type of notification on there, uh, hit it so that you are aware every time I release a show. If you're catching me on YouTube, if you're catching the show on podcast, whatever the case might be. I also live stream on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, and again, true believers, send me your stories. Go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to the Submit Your Story tab and I want to hear what's going on with you guys. Like I said before, whether you want to write it, speak it, uh, have me contact you and you can relay it to me. We'll figure it out. So again guys thank you so very much you're all wonderful thank you again for being part of my audience take care